0: you're listening to a podcast from the media motel coming up this week in episode 494 carol king and the impact of tapestry 50 years on no banana bread surviving lockdown without baking and putting the boom back into radio that's all coming up after carol king and where you lead
1: Always wanted a real home with flowers on the windowsill, but if you wanna live in New York City, honey, you know I will. Yes I will, yes I will. I never thought I could get satisfaction from just one.
2: Not only from the quadruple Grammy-winning album, also the inspiration for the theme song of one of the the, the thoroughly wonderful Gilmore Girls TV series, Mm. released exactly 50 years ago from the album Tapestry, Carole King and Where You Lead.
0: Just what a what a lovely choice and what a lovely album and I I love I love your love of the Gilmore Girls and I cannot believe all this lockdown we've had and I still haven't watched it I really need to catch up with it I need to take a day to go to Stars Hollow I think it's
2: quite a commitment I can't remember how many episodes there's but loads there's isn't there it's yeah, but I'll yeah. try, I,
0: I I hopefully oh, it's wonderful. It hopefully really it is. won't do what Parks and Rec did which was took an entire series to get going Hopefully it'll be good from from the start But yeah I'm looking forward to it
2: I think it's a winner from the from the brilliant get-go,
0: yeah. I will go for it then it sounds good.
2: Welcome to the latest instalment from the Parish Council. It's episode 494. I'm Terence Stackham, and now I do understand how everyone is distressed uh, that Anne Robinson beat her to the role as the new host of Countdown. <laughs> but we, we just have to accept the decision. It's Juliet
0: Harris, I mean firstly, I can't believe they've put Anne Robinson on countdown. She doesn't seem to fit its aesthetic very well, but anyway, hopefully, who knows? Maybe I'm underestimating her, maybe I'm overestimating countdown. Who knows anyway, obviously sorry not to get that gig, mm, but uh you know mistake. i i I wish the program well, maybe I'm more of a sidekick Terence. I can't see myself as a lead. maybe maybe I should take over from the lady that does the numbers and the letters, Rachel Riley maybe that mm. would maybe that would suit better. I don't know, but anyway, hi, everyone. Could
2: see you in Dictionary Corner.
0: Oh yes, that would be. You see, that's exactly it. Hanging out with Susie Dent. That is. That's all I want from life, really
2: in the in the early 70s we weren't overwhelmed with music choices as we are Mm. today if you went out and bought an album you'd need to be pretty sure you were going to like it because you'd want to play it over and over you only had about half a dozen albums in (laughs) your collection i think many people learned of uh, carol king's tapestry by hearing it at a friend's house and Mm. then you get it and then maybe others heard your copy and so on now in 1971 parents weren't mates with their children like they are Mm. now and so my generation we spent a lot of our time in our bedrooms listening to our music over and over and every young person i knew in 1971 had a copy of tapestry Mm. it it held you from the from the homely front cover to the accessibility of the songs carol king she was both well she was a veteran at 28 Mm, but she was so new as she was mostly known as a songwriter for others mm. now here she here she was striking pure gold as a performer I mean what's staying power jewels an album 50 years old that still sounds fresh and vibrant today
0: well I, I'm not sure I could say anything better than you've just said frankly that was really interesting listening to that because it's an album that I've always loved yeah and I, I, you know, I'm not doing this so that we could you know, so sort of have a have a snark at your age, but I wasn't there at the time, no, so it's really nice to hear to hear your sort of recollections of how it was at the time. And um, sparked by the, the 50 year sort of anniversary celebrations, um, sparked a, I think a really good piece by David Hepworth in the New Statesman, which I subscribed to, and and, I, and it sort of fell open, and I thought it was great. And he talks about his memories of it and how he worked in a large London record shop in the 70s. And he said, there I learned the crucial difference between records that were merely hits, which were ten a penny, and records that were steady sellers, which are much rarer. The former would shoot to the top of the LP chart upon release, stay there for a couple of weeks and then fall away months all the fans have bought their copies the steady the steady sellers on the other hand might never sale, scale the same heights but will keep ticking over year in year out regardless of the convulsions of the pop charts or the vagaries of fashion the prime example Carol King's tapestry years after it's released in 1971 we still re-ord- regularly reorder copies 25 at a time he also says most pop records over promise and under deliver and tapestry does the opposite I think that's a really good observation yeah, and he good. talks he talks about how popular it, it was with young women of his acquaintance at the time the amount of times he would go round for dinner somewhere and uh, and tapestry would be the record that would be put on and he makes a really good point i think which is that it is so immediate it is so underproduced it wouldn't be made now in that way it, it, there's there's very little on it apart from carol there's a you know some instrumentation but there's there's not that much apart from carol king and her piano and her songs and she she doesn't oversing she she doesn't suffer from x factor syndrome she's a sandy denny in my view which is she sings one or Two notes where others would sing ten or twelve, and gets the same if not a better result in my view. And there is something very intimate about it because it is quite underproduced. And now it would sound unfinished, whereas it just feels like she is sat in that room playing songs to you. And I think that's what means that because it doesn't have much in the way of production, like you know synthesizers or beats or auto tune or whatever. There's very little to age, is there really? It's there's nothing that moors it to a particular time, which means it kind of becomes timeless in a way and it's just it's just a wonderful album it's just it's just a woman to use a, a hipsterish phrase now it's just a woman speaking her truth, really. I believe everything she tells me on that record. I think it's it's remarkable just because it's it feels like a snapshot in time, and because it's just a snapshot in time, like I say, I think it's timeless really. That's my feeling on 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 Carol King's tapestry. It's just superb it, it age has not withered it, and I don't think it ever will now. I think it is one of those classics that is just there now. It's just a part of our lives.
2: It's it's quite um, startling, really, to remember and to put into focus what a magnificent couple mm. of years, 1970s to 72, were for mm. music. Because mm. as Carol King was recording in Studio B at A&M yes. in Hollywood, Joni Mitchell was in Studio C recording <laughs> Blue. And so, of course, Joni and James Taylor turned up with backing vocals on tapestry yes, because of that geographical closeness. And, of course, it, that, they, that was... Um, Studio B and C, and in, in studio yes. A, they were the carpenters. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, now, this this week I was looking on YouTube to see mm. if there was any new footage related to Carol King and tapestry, and mm. I came across this um, really old video. Uh, There's a couple of blokes uh, they, they made where they're um, they're walking around Laurel Canyon and mm. they find Carol King's old house, and they point out the window, the very window where the cover mm. photo of tapestry was taken, and I couldn't help but uh, think if I owned that house, what a nuisance that would be tourists oh, roading outside you know, staring up at windows there. with their camera phones
0: <laughs> well, quite, having said that it could be worse you could live uh, you could live on abbey road i guess and uh, never yeah. ever be next able to, the, to drive to anywhere absolutely yes absolutely so was well, it's, uh, it's interesting isn't it it is funny yeah. how those those kind of houses you know it's funny how john lennon's house is national trust isn't it and you can it's, buy and, this, yeah. and yeah and go around them whereas you know if you just live in carol king's house it's just a pain isn't it with people it's coming round i suppose but um, no it's it's a remarkable record and uh, and it never seems to. I never seem to tire of it. I, I, as regular podcast listeners, kindly know, uh, I do this little show on Sunday nights called Smooth Sailing, and I am on my second playthrough of Tapestry each week in its entirety, and no one seems to mind. You know, no one said, "Oh no, it's not songs from Tapestry again, is it?" It's it just they they never they never tire. I think they they're just always. They're always true. I think it's. I years ago I recorded a duet with someone once, and I was a little bit worried about kind of going public with it. I remember him. He gave me really good creative advice, which is he said. As long as what you do is kind and as long as what you do has a truth to it, that you are telling the truth, that you do mean it, then you don't have much to worry about, really, because you'll know that it's true and you'll know that that, that is what you want to do. And that is how how you feel. And that's gone into into what you've made. And I think that, that that's really true with Carol King, really. She made the album. She made the album that she had to make. And that is that is clear from listening to that. It's it's not an album that's necessarily commercially driven, although, you know, you'd be you'd have ears of cloth if you weren't a music executive and you you know, if you're a music executive and you didn't listen to that and think, you know, this is something that's going to endure. But yeah, I, I I you know, it's it's just a marvellous record, really, and it's and it's one which still appeals to people. There are people, you know, my friends' kids really like it. So, you know, it's 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 it never seems to fade.
2: I was lucky enough to be in the audience when Carol King performed the whole of Tapestry in Hyde wow. Park in <laughs> July 2016. That I'm was a very you
0: going into that now. Yeah. yeah,
2: very emotional night for me. I don't think I was the only mm-hmm. one um, to have mm-hmm. tears trickling down my cheeks. It really overwhelmed me. It was. It's an absolutely glorious album. It's available everywhere on every format, <laughs> yeah, and it's one indeed. of those albums that should be in every home. Yeah. Coming up next: How to survive lockdown. Without baking banana bread. <laughs> That's right after Stereotopia.
3: I love you. Oh no, diamond ring. Cha cha, holiday sun. Obi-Quin, planet earth. Precious to be.
0: of music that usually cheers me up no end, I must admit, I love it's kind of um um, it's kind of a sort of breeziness, really, I think it's great, but playing it under slightly sadder circumstances this week as um it's by Stereototal, it's called I Love You Oh No, um, it was originally by The Plastics, but their version is, is you know, sort of, it got used in an advert, I think, which is how I came across them um, Very sad to hear that uh, Francois Cactus um, born uh, Van Hove uh, has passed away, very sadly, so I thought I would play that, as I've certainly got a, a few sort of female friends of my age and a, and a bit younger who lived in and around France during their 20s and they said that was the constant soundtrack to their live Stereototal, and I think they're they're such a such a, a fun band. So I was sorry to hear that. But uh, I hope that the breeziness will cheer us all up in that, Gene.
2: Very sad about Francois Cactus. Uh, mm. stereo, stereo total, um very much sort of instigators, very mm. early on mashups. Yes, um, I think. um But uh, yes, it's sad. And uh, by one of those strange quirks of life, um Yoko Ono turned eighty-eight yesterday. Oh, so, did she? <laughs> oh, no, oh wow!
0: Mm. I was going to say, oh yes. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. They're very interesting stereotypes. That's a good choice you made. They, they were sort of cutting edge before it was cutting edge, really. In that they uh, they were they were from Berlin. That, like you said, they were very early on with mashups. They, they were part of the electro clash movement, really, before I think it even had names. So. Uh, mm. So yeah, very sorry to hear that, but um, it's but uh, nice to use it to mark the birthday, of Yoko,
2: as well. <sighs> yes, indeed. Um, a lot of people, especially newspaper columnists, mm. insist they've been on and I would sort of put this in inverted commas on a journey of the soul over the last year which in, in some ways is just as well because we haven't been on any other sorts of journeys well
0: quite yes
2: unless of course you're attached to the government and swan about to your second home or mm. you go looking for spec savers in Bernard Castle or of course <laughs> unless you're an influencer flying out to Dubai to carry out vital influencing work for the nation
0: or, but, or indeed you are a, a genuine key worker in which case we both send you all of our love
2: <laughs> one thing that uh, gives me the heebie-jeebies is the, the the same newspaper columnists and commentators telling us that lockdown is the ideal time to get baking, learn a new language or start prancing about your living room to the accompaniment of some bloke called Joe on YouTube. Jaws, <laughs> this is no good for a misanthrope like me. I Am I the only one who seeks nothing more than pulling down the blinds and watching the football, lockdown or no lockdown?
0: <laughs> well, I spent a lot of time watching cricket in the summer and doing very little else, so, so I sympathise with you. There's a good piece on this, actually, in... <laughs> I say a good piece, mostly it's good, I think. I do push back on bits of it, but it's by a fellow Juliet. So, of course, you're never going to go broke getting <laughs> me to, to, to you know, to, to proffer the works of a fellow Juliet. Uh, there are there are very few of us. There's one in my department at work. When we first came across each other, it was like Eddie Stobart, lorries honking at each other because there's so little of us that, you know, we just, uh, we're just we just delighted to have found each other. So this is Juliet Wills, uh, spelt double T-E. Different to mine, I need to stress. People are still having problems grasping that, it would seem. But anyway, Juliette Woods in the Telegraph. The headline is, please stop telling me to learn new hobbies in lockdown, Absolutely. which is fair enough, really. And I think that that I've seen this point made more seriously elsewhere. But it's this idea that... You know, that you are somehow failing if you are not if you are not using a massive worldwide pandemic with all the stress and grief, either literal or metaphorical that that involves, that somehow, you know, somehow we're still meant to be learning Catalan or whatever the hell it is that we're meant to be doing and that it can actually be quite um you know, it's, it's this kind of competitiveness. I was joking with my friends early on because they were saying that they were winning at lockdown. But, you know, I, I, it, you know, this is a crisis. It's really hard. You know, it, it's if people can't, you know, if people don't have the emotional energy to use their time productively, then they can't. The end, you know, and she she makes a point which I don't know I mean I can see the point she's making that um that you know if you were on furlough as I was indeed then then you know then you're they say that you're all oh, you're insulated whereas it's harder for people who are still trying to work with careers that aren't really going well at the moment like people in the arts and things like that having said that what I would say to people is yes being furloughed was a privilege it didn't stop me worrying about my future though so so you know it's still still tricky but she said I do feel for this lady and her partner though because both of them have careers which are difficult at the moment she said if we've learned anything in lockdown it is that a freelance writer should never marry a self employed musician and vice versa Lord, yeah. so I do if either of us have married plumbers we'd happily be speaking basic Mandarin to each other over homemade sourdough whilst making beautiful Christmas, le- Christmas reads and she uh, she says listen to the constant tinnitus lights noise on social media and you'll hear that now is the best time to write that novel apparently anyone can do it although two of my friends are well-known authors and they will attest to the fact that a actually anyone can't do it much like anyone can't rewire a house B, writing a book while your t- kids tug at your jumper for more freezer snacks is a little bit like Jack in The Shining. I started a novel in three years ago and have yet to finish it. Perhaps now would be the ideal time to do it if we didn't have the small issue of needing to earn some money. So uh, so it is, it's tricky isn't it? people that say, oh, you know, I see uh, yeah, I see her, whilst, you know, being on furlough isn't necessarily the, the milk and honey that everybody thinks it is, it is relatively privileged, so I do understand her point. And yes, you know, all these kind of, wouldn't it be lovely if, you know, we uh we uh, we all could have you know let's all use the time to you know do yoga make banana bread that sort of thing um Part of me also thinks that yes, I suspect the people telling us this are the people that have also popped off to their second home in Cornwall, perhaps, or the or the all the people who you know have a source of private income which is never discussed but somehow always there. You know, I I think it's uh I think I think I think this kind of this this sort of idea because there was a post like this very early on in lockdown saying you know you must use this moment and it's like for God's sake you know really and you know the you know there are only you know. Yesterday, there were only seven hundred deaths in the u k which is you know the word only is is just uh you know stark in its kind it's of yeah phrase, absolutely so so you know it's 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 OK to be exhausted sometimes, you know, it's 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 I, I just I, I'm in a broad agreement with this woman that, yeah, you know, people that are saying, you know, people that are saying, oh, we've got time to do all these things. Yeah, you don't need to spend your time trying to earn a living. And my sympathies go to everybody who would like to earn a living at the moment, but can't because their job doesn't exist.
2: In in the first lockdown, when we couldn't go out at all, mm. um, I took to walking the length of the garden back and forth, ah, nice. listening to podcasts and audiobooks. And that bit, it became quite hypnotic. It, mm-hmm. it was um, like a sort of metronome type thing. But I do miss going out for walks in the Surrey Hills and seeing the seasons. I bet, yeah. But um, at the moment, the weather has been so grim recently. And there's also mm. this uncertainty about how far it's reasonable to go for exercise and all that sort of thing. So this week, I bought a treadmill and
0: um, mm, i'm excited by this news this
2: Yeah. Now I, now I listen to podcasts while racking up i was going to say the miles but well a mile um and or maybe two <laughs> without needing to leave the house it's like a dream to me of course again with the sort of misanthropic mm. um personality that i have so but the thing is there's one thing that nobody tells you about walking on a trend treadmill mm. and that is it's relentless when you go out for a walk in the country you can stop and look around and say oh look at that view or you can take a Mm. photo if you if i stop and look around on this treadmill i'm going to end up in (laughs) casualty at the hospital oh gosh you just can't stop um no
0: you could you can turn it down though and have a little bit of a walk for a minute as, as as a very occasional gym user i used to do the same thing frankly
2: I'm I'm enjoying it immensely, but for someone of my vintage, it's really annoying because it's all in um, kilometres. Oh, so I can keep you not convert, convert it to miles? It into miles in my head all the time. Of does how it
0: not fun. have a converter on it?
2: Oh, it probably does. I haven't read the instructions. <laughs> I'm a man. I haven't. Read oh
0: it. yeah, I forget this. You know, I, I, you know why read the instructions when you can just complain to podcast listeners? That seems a much better way of proceeding
2: can diddy david hamilton and kid jensen save the radio industry i think i think we know the answer <laughs> um, <laughs> that's right after talking heads played this album for a while and i played it uh, during the week and then several times since because what a great album Uh, arguably at their creative peak before the Mm. big fallout from the album remain in light in 1980 talking heads and listening wind
0: I absolutely love that album. It's one of my very favourites, I think. I wouldn't necessarily, if you asked me what my favourite albums were, I might not list that first. But having said that, it reminds me of when I first left Law College and came back down and managed to get gainful employment. Uh, My journey to work meant that I had to drive the first half an hour from my parents' house to Bexhill. And then I would get the train for the last leg because parking in Eastbourne not ideal with a capital knot and a capital ideal, frankly, at that time. And I suspect it's, it's, it's worse now. So, uh, so I, fortunately, the car I had had a tape deck in it. I had a very old Ford oh. Escort that had a tape deck. And it coincided with Wax Factor in Brighton deciding they were going to get rid of all their tapes. And they charged 20 pence each. So I used to go and buy handfuls and I bought all of R.E.M.'s early back catalogue, I think, right up to Automatic for the people on tape. And uh, also I bought a copy of uh, Remaining Light by Talking Heads because I knew and liked once in a lifetime. And that was pretty much the only reason for getting it. And I listened to I had that and three of the R.E.M. albums on rotation for Probably the best part of six months, I think. So I got to know know those records really well in the morning and the evening. And uh, yeah, I I love Remain in Light. I think it's such a brilliant, brilliant album, and it's got such energy and it goes weird places. I I I think it's probably their best. I think, although they have made some other fine records, I think it's
2: their best. And for an absolute. Cracker, it strangely only did sort of middling well. It was, Hmm. it reached number 21 in the UK and 19 on Billboard. And I would have thought it would, could, and maybe should have done a great deal better than that.
0: Although, maybe it's, maybe it's like, um, maybe it's like Carole King's Tapestry in that it's just oh, sold yeah. steadily maybe yeah, it hasn't so. been a, maybe it hasn't sold tons but it's sold steadily enough my copy is a, on vinyl is a reissue copy that I bought a few years ago so and that was on a sort of a, an essential classics kind of sort of vibe so may, maybe who knows maybe it's still maybe it's still So I'll be interested next time I see my my friends that run record shops to see how whether it still sells because they, mm-hmm. they said interesting to call back to earlier on they said that they were very much my friends that sort of sold new vinyl were very much damaged by Sainsbury's and Tesco's yes, setting up little mm. kind of boutique y things in their store because they would sell, as they called it, the bread and butter albums, mm. rumours by Fleetwood Mac, Tapestry by Carole King, the Pink Floyd records that they said they would always sell. And mm. and they would be Can selling to younger that? generations. So yes. so yeah, so I wonder if Remaining Light occupies a similar space
2: very well could do yeah Hmm. sells a lot over uh, it sells less but over a longer period of time yes
0: maybe there are people that will still buy that record i think
2: Every now and then, I guess on about Mm. an annual basis, somebody or some consortium decides that BBC Radio 2 has lost touch with its core Mm. audience and and that they, the, um, the somebody or the consortium, know just the solution, which is to throw some money into building a new radio station and hire some presenters who left the BBC or Capital Radio in about 1985. The trouble for these newly launched stations is that BBC Radio Two remains stubbornly popular with listeners—fifteen um, million weekly listeners. Mm. But um, now, look out! Here comes Boom Radio, aiming, <laughs> of course, for the baby boomer audience. A new station available on um, online and DAB in certain areas. They have Graham Dean, David Hamilton, and Kid Jensen. Uh, Jules, their their website says they are a new radio station for an adventurous generation. Will Boom Radio hit the right note for that adventurous generation?
0: Well, it's interesting. Again, very good piece in The Telegraph. Believe me, I'm not sponsored um, by James Hall this week Um, talking about it. Um, I did not know this. Um, Do you know what a mood mum is?
2: a mood mum no i think when i was younger mine sort of fitted into that category for most of her life but that's another story
0: (laughs) right well a mood mum apparently is a new demographic description that people are going for um they are they are women aged 35 to 44 so if only i was encumbered i mean had the blessing of children i could too could be a mood mum it says Uh, defined by the BBC as ti- so the 35 to 44 time poor, family oriented put children first and are tight for money they're the big listeners of the commercial stations such as Heart Smooth and Magic now I think it's quite interesting here as to what so Radio 1 did a similar thing didn't it in the 90s when Matthew Bannister took it over and they decided they wanted to pitch to a different audience Um, that did not it did go well in that they did what they wanted to it didn't go so well in well what was in well you could argue whether or not it went well because the the issue was is that radio one according to the royal the, the charter was meant to be a youth station and it was not keeping up with what was going on with with the no, youth. So, so been so, Simon Bates and David yeah,
2: Travis absolutely. and those sort of people didn't. They?
0: And and now ironically, most of the DJs that came on air as a result of that are now all on Radio Two and Radio yeah. Six. Yeah. Joe Wiley, Steve Lamack, Dangerous Dave Pierce, you know, all of those people have been yeah. moved over. So people are always gonna, you know, people are gonna change as they grow up. I suppose really is what I'm saying. Um, I do find aspects of this, I can see, you know, I can see why Boom Radio thinks there might be a gap in the market. Who knows? It might be one of these things where they, where, you know, we're, we're often told, aren't we, that the mood of the people is this or the will of the people is that. Maybe those people are still listening. Maybe they're not as cheesed off as people think they are. But anyway, mm. presumably Boom have done some market research and have found some people that are annoyed. Um there's i haven't listened to this yet i'm very there's some interesting um interesting choices of presenters uh wendy craig is an interesting choice as an evening presenter i'd quite like to hear that actually that's not someone i would have predicted i don't mean that unpleasantly i, I think that could be quite interesting but of course you know there's the butterflies link isn't there um it's it, it's very – this article did make me chuckle. And they were trying to sort of signal that they're not fogies as well as, you know, being sort of boomer, boomer-esque. But uh, the advertisement suggested this wasn't quite the case. Comfy mattresses and machines that exercise you <laughs> as you sit. And at one point, Dean had to do an advertorial for a pan that can go in the oven as well as on the hob. Although, having said that, I would like that pan. It sounds good. But, um, but they – A slightly cynical aspect to this, which has rankled me a little bit. I don't know if I'm being unfair in my Mm. rankledness here, or even if that's a word. But still, Um, it says in an inspired piece of marketing, their description of inspired is a little bit different to mine. But anyway, Boom has sent a digital radio to every COVID vaccine centre within the M25. Oh, that's clever it is clever yeah i'm not sure how well that sits with me as long as they the,
2: tune it into boom i mean things are immediately <laughs> yeah, tune he, it to radio 2 then just, it's kind of out the window it?
0: you, it's just, exactly i mean boom doesn't have pop master and to be honest that is a big draw genuinely a big draw for radio 2 but someone said yes. something quite interesting here and um, that this writer of the article has said i have a few quibbles now this is interesting boomers represent a broad age span in the same way that a 22-year-old today wouldn't like the same music as a 40-year-old, a 56-year-old is likely to have wildly different musical taste to a 74-year-old. Mm-hmm. Indeed, the youngest boomers were teens when the punk movement tore through pop culture in the late 70s. There was little evidence of punk today. And this is where I think Radio 6 is doing quite a good job. I, I know that obviously I love Radio 6, I'm always talking about it, but they are doing, I think, a really good job of pitching to a reasonably wide range age range i know people in their and they have a really strong brand identity that if you like alternative music you probably listen to radio six if you've got a digital radio you can listen online that that seems to have really cornered that market having nearly been closed for the simple reason that no one knew what it was I mean, they tried to close it because it wasn't reaching an audience. When they finally realised, and there was publicity around it closing, they doubled its listenership or something in the in, in the in the space of a year. So I think that that I'm not sure if Boom Radio will work as well, simply because it feels like you're. It's it's. I don't know how well you can sell for what they're in danger i think of trying to sell something for what it isn't rather than for what it is and 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 using the term boomer even if they're using it in a positive way with all of these terms they're so broad brush and that point about the age range i think is a really good one my friend who really likes drum and bass who's age 55 you know, is technically a boomer in the same bracket as my friend who is 73 years old who really, really likes a ragtime jazz. And and they're, they're not, you know, just because they're both boomers doesn't mean that they have the same taste and the same life experience, really. I mean, obviously, I love radio as a medium, so I'm always, I'll always want to wish new things success. But for me, it feels a little bit kind of... Um, I, did, I mean, it, it kind of had this opening sort of statement. Um, you are the original influencer. Your generation moved from Instamatic to Instagram, Mac Fisheries to Matalan, Dan Dare to Danny Dyer, into the common market and back out again. You've lived through a lot and you're still busy living. I, I, I mean, there's a little bit of mm, that. of have grown. Yes, and me too, simply because. And I I don't want to get into this kind of and we've talked on the podcast previously about how divisive it is to boil down everything to boomers versus millennials and I'm not just saying that because I'm just about old but just about young enough to be a millennial but that feels a little bit to me. And again, to David Hepworth gets his second mention of this week because he wrote a very good piece on. I think it was on his website once, which made me think. I didn't necessarily agree with all of it. Made me think, basically saying, talking about his kind of boomer lifestyle. You know, as he grew up and how basically, you know, there weren't, you know, it wasn't as materialistic as we are now. And he said that he knew that everybody had experiences, but he did rather resent being told he'd had it easy from people that weren't there. Having said that, and I do completely understand that. Having said that you know, part of me does want to eye roll at these kind of, you know, we are the great generation. Yeah. I know, I know that it was difficult, but a you didn't live through war despite many Brexiteers amongst your number pretending that you did when you didn't. Um, And also this idea that, you know, Oh, you know, we've been the great influencers. Yeah. You have free education. You had housing that was affordable. Um, You know, I, I, I I don't want to get into that kind of slang. It's all true. Part Mm. of me thinks, you know, (laughs) you know, I mean, stop eulogising yourselves. To some extent, yes, I know that you that you perhaps your expectations were low, and there are aspects of our how we live now that perhaps could be due with being rethought, and perhaps lockdown has offered us some space and opportunities in which to do that. But um, yeah, I'd, I'm. I don't know I, I I get a little bit eye rolly at, at some of this boomer type stuff, I must admit, I mean the music looking at their track list, it's stuff I like very much, and stuff that under that perhaps I'm playing myself on a very smaller scale but um yeah i mean i I wish all radio enterprises were because I want radio to be a medium that survives but um i'm you know if you if you have to say that you're doing something it's like I always say enough, if you have to say that you are something. Then you know you have to say that you're funny if you have to say that you're cutting edge. That suggests to me that you might not be and you might be overcompensating for it. So, so they're insisting that they found a gap in the market. To be honest, most of the people I know that listen to Radio 2, you describe them as passive listeners. You know, it's on in the car when they're on the way somewhere, or it's you know, it's just on in their workshop or whatever. You know, and maybe Radio 2. Maybe they're moved towards time, poor mums. Who knows? maybe that's advice I don't know, but I'd, i I don't know. i'd 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 be interested to see how this enterprise goes.
2: Just going off a very slight tangent, you yeah. just reminded me there about uh, affordable housing. I can remember mm-hmm. in um, the late 50s, 1960s, um, what would be very elderly or sadly passed away relatives of mine, aunts and uncles. Mm. They, if they, um, You could go into the local authority then called the council and mm. just ask for a council house and you you could have one and mm. i can remember uh two or three of my aunts and uncles actually being given three choices oh no we don't like that one okay well what wow. about one down this road here mm, that's got a much nicer garden we'll take that one uh, so that is a very very different world to the young people trying to start out today well, I quite, yes um, i might have more hope for boom radio if the that market of we're an alternative to Radio 2 wasn't so fragmented there mm. are any number of these stations, it's quite remarkable yes. really, e- each one with a star name to hang the station onto because as well as Graham Dean and Kid Jensen at Boom there's Mike Reed and Neil Fox at Nation Radio, this yep. is this week as we speak, these are all on these stations, Tony Prince from Radio Luxembourg is it United DJs
0: Who's is there it's, anyone big on capital gold?
2: I, I, I but don't but know. Again, maybe very capital, possibly there is.
0: But then it sounds, seems to me like this radio station, the boom, is capital gold, isn't well, exactly. it? This station already exists and is already you, popular.
2: There's loads of stations. There's um, Deluxe Radio, which has got some old Radio Luxembourg presenters. Mm. There Recently, Saga Radio, Age UK Radio, Thames Radio. They've all closed, but they mm. were all doing the same gig. I'm not sure there is much of a market for this and it also has a feel about it like footballers that used to play in the Premier League turning Mm. out Sunday club teams or bands from the 1960s now playing at holiday camps in the summer so they just can't give it up but there's one just broader point which I've got a strong feeling you won't agree with because you say that you really love um, radio and music radio in particular I I guess I'm the target audience for these baby baby boomer stations Mm yeah but that's true. I can't envisage going back to listening to pop music radio, where maybe you have to listen through what nine tracks you don't like till you hear one that you mm. do. In an era of Apple Music and Spotify, when you can simply choose your own tracks in any order you want without someone giving you spurious time checks, weather forecasts, redundant Mm. traffic updates. I think the days for music radio are numbered, except I would say possibly for your six music, because that is a station that brings you. New music is a discovery station, so you might yeah. be listening and thinking, oh, great, you know like we just played Talking Heads from In like that's lovely. And then for, for, for someone like yourself, you might hear something brand new, yes. which you think, wow, I'm glad I listened to this. But those stations that don't do that, i.e., the, the the boomer stations, the hits, or yeah. the, the, the hits exactly. Why, oh, why, oh, why? Would well, you listen through nine hits from the 1960s that you don't want until you get to maybe a track that you well, do? It's, it's, like
0: it's, 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 it's interesting, isn't it? It's, well, see, well, having said that, it's a brief plug for Radio 2 in that I found myself listening their evening schedule they seem to have refreshed and sorted out and I was I was listening the other night to I switched on the radio I switched on the radio in my bedroom because it's one of those things that's an all in one that's got a record deck on it as well so I'd switched it on and it comes on on the radio function you have to switch it over and I came in halfway through a jazz track that sounded really good and because I'd stumbled in through that jazz track that was on Jamie Cullen's show I then was able to order the reissue and I then stayed on for Trevor Nelson's Rhythm Nation show, which is excellent. And he played records which were old, but which either I hadn't heard in a long time and it was lovely to hear them again, or I found new old things. It is possible to discover new old things, I suppose. So, so yeah, like you say, though, I think that... This idea that you just play records that that so called boomers like, whatever that even means, you know, it's uh, you know, I've got two, like I say, you know, my my boomer friend that absolutely loves the Ramones would not want to hear the same music as my boomer friends that loves drum and bass or my boomer friend that loves, you know, ragtime jazz. So so, you know, just throwing a load of songs that boomers like at something, I don't think it's gonna work. I think like you say, you've got to have something more tailored like six music if it's going to be a success and you have to be really clear on what your brand is rather than oh we just play the stuff that people you know have always liked i'm not sure that's you know even brands like like capital gold and magic are more tapered i think in what they're doing.
2: Yeah, I, w- I don't I wouldn't wish any uh, new venture to not succeed. No, but I will, I, I will say this, that unless it's being run as a vanity station with mm. money to burn, I suspect in a year or so's time, uh, a boom may be bust. Um, well,
0: oh, very good.
2: Very good. Um, thank you very much for listening this week. Good to have you along.
0: Yeah, I very much agree. Hi, everyone. Now, thank you. <laughs>
2: With this very poor decision by Channel 4 to overlook you for the countdown mm. gig, of course, though, the bonus is it does mean you'll be around to present your radio show.
0: Yes, thank goodness. Eh? A, oh. no, the Praise the Lord. Is so relief. Yes, I'm sure. I'm being ironic, just in case people don't think I am. Um, yeah, I do a little show Sunday evenings. It's called Smooth Sailing. It's on a, It's on a Boom Radio. No, it's on mixlr.com rcom Although <laughs> I would, it would fit on Boom Radio, <laughs> weirdly. It but really anyway, would. mixlr.com com and then forward slash Juliet-Harris will just search my name on there. And uh, yeah, it is, it is Boomer-esque. And it's kind of uh, sort of leaning towards Yacht Rock, M-O-R, easy listening classic pop that sort of thing there is a magic fm vibe about it strangely but anyway it's it's what the kids and by the kids i mean you know members of my friends and immediate family seem to want to enjoy so if you'd like to hear some of that you can pop on there's also a little show reel button that's got all the previous shows i've done and some of my old northern soul shows as well
2: and now um dusty getting the reggae makeover this week
0: Absolutely. I thought I'd keep I'd keep mining this seam as you seem to be enjoying it. So enjoying it. So uh, yeah, I I came across this. I can't remember where I came across this now. Every version of this that you can buy digitally is sound-wise a bit of a mess. So I apologise in advance. But um it's I just think this is such a joyful cover. I think it's brilliant and uh, it it yeah, I, it just makes me happy like all of these reggae covers. So I thought I'd let us have another one this week. Uh, these are the Galettes and this is them doing as Terence Brighton says dusty. Springfield's Son of
4: a Preacher man.
0: Parish Council production.